you've tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob on Mike. All right, episode five, College Volleyball Weekly, and it's a fun one. Let's just address the elephant in the room without doing introductions. Jay, how did it feel like to get your first win against Dan? Jeez. Not only, <laughs> <laughs> but you're over season, and I'm going, oh, we have the CVW Bowl going on out in Fairfax. Yeah. Listen, it, it's, it's great to get the first victory of the year, and obviously – against a ranked opponent that's pretty nice but i mean the reality is you know dan's team is very very good we we just had a really good night we executed well the game plan was followed um and our guys came in with really good energy um it, it's not doesn't say anything bad about dan's team it doesn't say anything other than obviously there was a few teams that night that that you know had a little bit more extra motivation or some other upsets that, that seemed to be the case and really the bottom line is we didn't win the next night uh, and, you know, PFW is really, really good. So, yeah, we're still learning. We're still getting better, which is um, obviously a bonus. Uh, but we got a long way to go in terms of, you know, we still got conference stuff coming up. And, you know, yeah, it feels good to get the W. We, we learn what it feels like now. But now we got to, you know, the law of shampoo. We got to rinse, lather, repeat. So we figured that <laughs> out. We'll be okay. I want to hear Dan's take on the weekend just because they you may- yeah, I love all the uh, the metaphors you're using to close that out to seem very philosophical. But, you know, Dan comes in. I'm like, I saw Dan at Austin. Team looks really good. Even with the injuries, they were such a solid group of performers. I'm like, wow, that's going to be a strong battle there. But uh, uh, what's your take on this last weekend? I like to think I'm a giver. I like to know that I, you know, want to make sure I, I give to everybody. So anyway, Jay's team played good. So they served us off the court and we didn't handle the pressure. And if you go watch the match, they, they got in a really nice groove and did some really nice things. So props to those guys for showing up and playing. And I think the thing about we're trying to tell our guys, our guys got to learn how to win on the road. Uh, and so I think that's a, that's a, it is a task sometimes like when you're trying to, we played some tough competition on the road and really hadn't got a W until Mount Olive when we got, so we finally got a win on the road on Saturday. Cause before then we were 0 and 5. Uh, yep. and so I think that's part of the process is, uh, learning how to play the level of volleyball that you need to play consistently night in, night out, which ultimately we walk into a rough weekend with because we're going to go to Ball State and Ohio State. So I think hopefully we got a lesson learned and uh, can be a little cleaner on the road when we open up a conference play this next week. And but yeah, props to Jay. And Jay is always a great host. It was great to be out there. And I agree with him on Purdue Fort Wayne. I think they had a barn burner the next night and uh, Purdue's playing some pretty good volleyball as well. So a team that's probably a little under the radar. There's seven or eight and one, one of those two. Do you know what I mean? In terms of that and doing some nice things. And so I, I think uh, uh, good for our league. Let's get the outsider perspective. Brad Rostrad of UCSD. Yeah, I'm just glad Jay could avenge our loss from uh, Illinois a little earlier on in the year. <laughs> the inner but, circle of hate is happening here. <laughs> I don't think me and Jay play Theo, do we? Do we? Do we? So it's like uh, we don't get to so. And we get Theo twice, so we'll we'll make up plenty for it. (laughs) In fact, you notice that Theo is missing. So let's do the intro. Jay Hosick, George Mason, Dan Friend of Lewis, and Brad Rostratter of UCSD. Theo Edwards of CSUN apparently on a modeling contract deal somewhere with either him or his wonderful, beautiful kids. 
you know, making the extra bankroll. But good for him. We'll miss him today. Uh, you know, he actually was one of the pieces of news this week. But let's jump into our first uh, topic or our, our normal swing of things. But man, was it something in the water last week? Because it was upset city galore. I mean, not just in Fairfax, but man, all over the nation. But the first one of, uh, to focus on was BYU's first win over three, uh, three one over Ball State at Muncie. Um, Brad, jump on in. Yeah, I mean, the Ball State BYU matchup was was really entertaining, and the Ball State outside hitter, I'll butcher his name here, but Tianase Kineishi Kineishi continues to dominate and go off and look amazing. Um, and then BYU, uh, Meeks continues to have a solid year, really good season for him. Um, and then just kind of, they've been alternating back and forth between Luke Benson and um, Mosier as their second outside hitter. And Luke Benson goes off for 15 kills. And then Heath Hughes, interesting stat line, 49 assists in four sets. Um, so a really impressive night there uh, from BYU to get that upset on night one of that matchup. Stout, go over to Jay. Yeah, no, I think we're seeing BYU uh, coming out the other side of having a rebuilding year, and and they're starting to assert themselves again. And you know whether or not Ball State is the Ball State of last year. I know their setter uh, last year was obviously you know the engine of that whole thing and did a nice job distributing. And their new setter is doing a great job. He's you know, he's obviously learned the ropes. So, uh, but you know what, it's, it's, it's proving that good volleyball is happening in a lot of different places. I, you know, I know everybody likes to say, oh, it's the upsets, the upsets, the upsets. And and really in the top 15, are there really any upsets? Granted the top four, five teams, you could be one of those guys. Then yeah, they're, they're, that's an upset. Those guys are really solid. Um, but even then you're seeing those teams playing each other within the top five and they're all playing really tough. And there's one coming up this week. That's going to be really fun to watch. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, I know ball state's going to be very good down the line and I know BYU is going to be very good. And there's some really good volleyball coming up. If this is a level that we're at and it's now the beginning of February, that's pretty fun. All right, Dan, close it out. Well, I think ball state might actually be better than last year. So I, and they were pretty good last year. And I know there was an upset there, you say with BYU, but uh, it was a battle. If you go back and watch the film uh, between those two teams, it was pretty good. And uh, BYU was pretty clean serving wise on night one uh, and Ball State was not. Uh, but uh, the they call him Mr. T. I have a hard time calling him Mr. T because Mr. <laughs> T, you guys all know who Mr. T is. Do you know what I mean? So, but uh you know, he, his numbers are pretty impressive and you go watch him and they're running a pretty fast offense. Their middles are zero tempo. And, uh, you know, Felix is a, a six year guy. And so they've, and even though their setter is taking over, he's, he's a, he's a senior, he's been there for a while. Do you know what I mean? So he knows the system. And so, uh, and David the Flores? Teacher, what's up? David Flores. Flores. Yeah. He's done a nice job. And so, um, and he's running a really good tempo off the net, uh, but then BYU, you're going to see them keep getting better. You know, we talk about mix and some of those other pieces, and uh, I think they're going to come away with some pretty big wins in terms of that. But I do agree with Jay. I think you say some upsets. I do think Grand Canyon is rising as we talk about teams. Uh, two, two, two pretty good wins against your team, Rob, which I'll dig Ouch. in. Just so, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I, as we talk about some of this, I think that group of teams between 5 and 12 or whatever, those aren't upsets. I think there's – you know, there's really good teams and there's going to be 
you know, good wins and, you know, teams at home versus teams away and how this levels out as we go over the next month in the conference play a little bit. Good stuff. Uh, let's uh, keep it in the uh, MEVA here, but how about Concordia or CUI? I found out due to branding um, and the win over Loyola. Uh, let's start with you, Dan. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it. I mean, Uriel had a pretty good night um, I, in terms of talent that, that Concordia team's got some talent for sure. So, and I think Loyola may have gone in there and maybe got knock, knocked off their first, you know, kind of on the road, big travel trip out West with that group. And they certainly settled in the next match against Long Beach and they battled. So uh, my guess is like, you know, sometimes you get punched in the face. How do you respond? Do you know what I mean? And so I think that was what was key. They, they played pretty well, but, you know, compliment to CUI or Concordia in terms of, I thought they did some nice things. <laughs> Jump over to Brad. Yeah, um, Yuri Batista, he's been doing a really good job um, for them all year long. And then even some of the matches they haven't performed so well, he's been out. Um, so having him on the right side is a big piece um, that helps stabilize their offense. Um, and then for Loyola, you know, getting to see them and then we'll see Concordia here in a few weeks is their, you know, their first big road test and their first kind of big battles traveling, being on the road together. Um, and I think they started with Slotdower on the bench and then threw him in midway through the match after Concordia uh, started playing really well. So it was just an interesting piece of kind of like a shifting and changing of the guards. And I know they got three good outside hitters there. So kind of find the lineup that works on that night. And clearly that Long Beach State match the next night, they, they were firing on all cylinders and were, you know, one or two points away from being another one of the upsets we're talking about on the other end. <laughs> and Jay. Listen, I'll call them Concordia all I want because I paid uh, for a master's degree from that school. So I'm an alum. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, regardless, uh, Riley obviously brings a little bit of, uh, of a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's, he's new to the division one, division two ranks uh, or at least men's volleyball at this level. And, and, you know, he, he has a, a playing background where he always played with a little chip on his shoulder. I was fortunate to, Worked with him for a number of years with the national team when we were uh, going for the 08 gold medal. And Riley is a true competitor. And I know he brings that to the gym every day. There's no shortage uh, of FU, if you will, when he comes into the gym in terms of trying to get his guys to play hard, which uh, from my perspective, I can appreciate that kind of stuff. I like that. Uh, and I, and listen, Loyola is not bad. I think People get people get a little bit uh, they they don't understand the trap match mentality. You know they obviously are playing Long Beach later on in the week, and that's a big match, and everybody's circling that on their schedule because they want to play against the best. And and maybe see why didn't have the ranking or maybe didn't have the the pedigree, so to speak, that maybe they thought. Don't think that anyone coaches in that gym with that mentality. I know John Hawks would never overlook anybody, but sometimes as a player. You kind of look at that and you go, okay, we can handle that. We'll be fine. They're focusing on Long Beach. And that maybe stung them a little bit. And then and Concordia had a little little outside hitter, six-foot outside hitter, who had a really good night against them. Somebody had, uh, had posted that. Yeah, oh, he was a, Johnny Anselmo. He was a Northridge libero um, slash setter and then transferred to Concordia and now playing on the left. How about these liberos turning outside here? We had the kid uh, from, uh, from Pepperdine last year. Who was doing all Spencer that? Spencer Wickens. Yeah, we got Wickens last year. And now we got this Anselmo kid. That's awesome. Good for them. 
you know, when you get a chance to do something you've always wanted to do in college and now you get a chance, you just go out, let it fly. So congrats to Concordia on that win or CUI. Sorry, CUI. Uh, (laughs) John Hawks will have his guys ready for the next match. There's not an issue. Yeah, and some of 14 kills, 545, 11 digs, block assist, 14.5 points against Loyola. Yeah, I, I didn't realize we had another inner CVW Bowl matchup. It was Vanguard against Northridge and Vanguard, the former school of Brad Rostratter, upsetting Northridge 3-0. We're to start with you, Brad. <laughs> I mean, I, I went through and watched it afterwards. And um, yeah, I mean, Vanguard played really well. They passed really well. They served really well. And that's a that's a team with a lot of really big physical guys from a 6'9 setter, Ryan Smith from Colorado, um, to Will Anderson, the JC player of the year last year from Orange Coast College, um, with all types of other players like Kyle Onama, who's been there for four years now <laughs> and, and is a three-time All-American. So uh, they have plenty of experience on the court and they're, they're a talented group and they played really well against uh, Hobus and the rest of the, the Northridge guys. Jump over to Jay. I, I don't claim to know, but NAIAs, when you have eight scholarships, see what you could do. Now, I, don't know if, I don't know if Vanguard has eight. I'm not going to claim to know. No. Uh, so that's they paid one Brad's uh, salary instead. <laughs> but, but NAIA teams are dangerous. You know, there, there's some different recruiting rules. There's some different eligibility rules. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that they're cheating. It's just it's a different way of, of recruiting and different way of compliance. But you know, the, the Masters, Vanguard, uh, back in the day, Hope International was a good team. They got better. You know, it's it's Menlo is another one that's, that's coming up here in the ranks. It's it's neat to see because it's some smaller schools with maybe some religious focus, which is, you know, obviously their thing. But look at the damage they can do. That's pretty fun to watch. I, I know it's a, a dangerous scheduling attempt by some schools to be able to pull that off. <laughs> and Dan. Uh, I don't have a ton to add. It, uh, Brad, his name is, what's his, Will's last name? Anderson. That, that kid's good. So we tried to recruit him. I, he was Juco. And so I, I'm not surprised. I think Brad had that program rolling. So I'm not surprised that they're going to beat some teams. You know what I mean? In terms of that. And they were doing some nice things when he was there. So uh, no shocker. Who, uh, and Ro, Ro, uh, Rofer's coaching, right? Yes. yes. Brian Rofer's whole nother topic just so everybody knows so <laughs> brian rofer is there and those listeners who don't know who brian rofer is uh he's got a few national championships as an assistant coach under his belt after 18 or 19 years at ucla or whatever that was so yeah he is he is quite the hardware I, I remember watching that match and i remember going god that looks like rofer and i went to the website and sure enough head coach brian rofer <laughs> good for you brian yeah, and after that ucla since he had a few state championships with miracosta before coming to Vanguard. So uh, yeah. he's got a lot of hardware for sure. That guy might know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's crazy? Those three matches are just on Thursday night. We still got to go to Friday night, which unfortunately Theo isn't here. 3-2 win over number six Stanford. Uh, who wants to chime in first on that one? I'll, oh, just, Jay. I'll just throw out there, Hobus had a good night. And, and, and Northridge this year for them to be uh, you know, one of the better teams in the Big West. They're going to need a, li- a lot of production out of Hobus. He's, he's got a lot of high hopes pinned on him. So 
uh, had a good night and, you know, Stanford didn't, didn't respond and it was a good match. It wasn't like it was a, a, a three Oh sweep. It was just a tough fought match, but good for Northridge and good for Theo to get that win. Let's go to Dan. Offensive numbers a little down. So I, I, the fact that I haven't watched it on video yet outside, I think it was probably just back and forth battle a little bit. Both teams hit under 300 and this could be another topic too later. Like I, I think offensive numbers are actually up across the nation in terms of what teams are hitting. So when you start to see a couple teams hit under 300, either 